Well, today marks the beginning of Holy Week, which is the journey that we go on throughout this week, taking us up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And so as we begin that journey today, I'd like us to take a few moments to be able to reflect on the theme of hope. This is something we're going to talk about today and that we're going to talk about in our Easter services as well. I recognize that hope is something that all of us need all of the time, but especially at the moment, it's something that we are in desperate need of. And when we talk about hope as people who follow Jesus, we're not just talking about idle hope, kind of like wishful thinking, hoping that things are going to work out, well, I hope that that goes okay. When we talk about hope, we're talking about concrete, genuine, real hope, trust and belief that things are going to change, that things are not always going to be the way that they are, that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And I don't know about you, but at the moment I am struggling at times to be able to find hope. There are times when I feel quite hopeless. As I think about people who are at home on their own, people who are in isolation and who are really struggling with that, there's a sense of hopelessness that kicks in. As I think about the reality of people who are dealing with mental health challenges, people who are in situations with domestic violence and what it means for them to be isolated, there's a sense of hopelessness that kicks in. As I think about people who have lost their jobs or have had their hours cut back so much that they're struggling to put food on the table, there's a sense of hopelessness that kicks in. As I think about the amount of sickness that is around us, and not just here in Australia, but as I think about what's happening in Italy, as I think about what's happening in Spain, as I think about what's happening in the US, there's a sense of hopelessness that kicks in. How on earth is this going to work out okay? There's lots and lots of darkness and lots of difficulties for us to find hope in the midst of it. And so the challenge for us is to say, do we still have hope? Are we people, as we continue to follow Jesus, who do still have a sense of hope? Hope that things aren't always going to be like this. Hope that it is going to end at some point, that there will come a day when we will look back on all of this and talk about, do you remember in 2020 when we were all dealing with the reality of the COVID virus? There is going to become a point when this is in the past. Do we have a sense of hope for that? Reflecting on what we spent some time talking about last week, do we have a sense of hope that God is with us? Do we have a sense of hope that we could actually come out the other side of this stronger in some ways with some of the things that could happen? As I said, we're going to reflect on this theme of hope throughout our Easter season. And as we do, I want us to recognise that hope requires courageous action. Genuine hope always requires courageous action. And to help us understand what that looks like, we want to recognise that today is also Palm Sunday. But this is the beginning of Holy Week. Palm Sunday where we take the time to remember the events when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. And so I'm going to read the narrative that comes to us from Luke chapter 19, verses 35 to 40. Luke chapter 19, verses 35 to 40. But I'm also going to put some images up on the screen. And I want to encourage you to really try and enter into what's happening here, to try and understand how it would have been to be there. What would you have seen? What would you have heard? What would you have felt? Jesus' disciples bought a colt to Jesus, and they threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, 
The crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. Jesus replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. I want you to just take a moment to think about the hopes that Jesus must have had as he begins this journey. As we think about this episode in Jesus' life, as we think about him getting on the donkey, heading into Jerusalem, experiencing what he experienced, what do you think were the hopes that Jesus was holding on to in that moment? I want to encourage you to turn to the people that you're with and to take some time to talk about what that looks like. Or if you're watching this on your own, type something into the chat and we'll spend some time being able to engage with you there. We believe that Jesus knew what was coming, that he knew that this was the final time that he was going to enter into Jerusalem before his death, that Jesus knew that his disciples, his closest friends, were going to desert him, that his very best friend Peter was going to turn his back on him, that another of his closest friends, Judas, was going to be the one who was going to betray him. But Jesus knew that ultimately this road that he was entering into was the road that would lead him all the way to the cross. And it's incredible to me that Jesus had any sense of hope in the midst of all of that. Just think about all of the darkness that must have been surrounding him, all of the sense of hopelessness that must have been surrounding him as he thought about what was ahead of him. It must have been incredibly tempting for Jesus to think about just yanking on the donkey's rein and turning the donkey around and saying, we're going this way. I'm not going in there. I can't imagine the strength that he had to be able to say, I'm going to move forward. And yet Jesus holds out hope that all of this ultimately is going to be worth it. That God was at work. That God was going to ultimately bring good out of these amazingly challenging circumstances. That God hadn't left him. That God's eternal plan of wanting us to be a full, complete part of his family was about to kick in in a new and significant way. That freedom was coming. That release was coming. That forgiveness was coming. Yet all of that hope that Jesus had for all of those things required courageous action on his part. Courageous action to get onto the donkey courageous action to enter into Jerusalem, courageous action to listen to the songs and the shouts of the people that were there, knowing that that crowd in just a few days was ultimately going to turn on him. Courageous action that even though these people 
were expecting a military uprising. That was their expectation about this Messiah figure that they, he was going to be a military ruler who was going to come and overthrow the Roman government and put Israel back as the most dominant nation on earth. Courageous action from Jesus to say, actually, there's a better plan that doesn't involve that. It must have been so tempting for Jesus to just get swept up in how excited the crowd was and to say, actually, maybe we could do this as a revolution. And yet it's courageous action for Jesus to say, no, I'm going to choose the way of peace. Courageous action for Jesus to go through all of this, even though some and maybe even all of the disciples really didn't get it, that a lot of them didn't understand what was going on and what was happening in the midst of all of it. At this time each year, as we begin the journey through Holy Week towards Easter, I'm in awe of Jesus. To face what was coming, to have any sense of hope, but to allow that hope to turn into courageous action. As I said at the start, we're at a time in the life of our world where we desperately need hope as well, maybe as much as any time in recent memory. But we don't want to be people of idle hope, people of wishful thinking, people who just, well, I hope that this all works out in the end. I hope that we can get through this okay. We want to be people who allow our hope to translate into courageous action. And so the question that I'm going to ask you in a few minutes to reflect on is what does courageous action look like for you? I'm going to give you a few examples, but then I'm going to give you an opportunity to be able to respond. What does courageous action look like for us as we try to hold on to hope in the midst of what we're going through? For some of us, courageous action actually just looks like keeping on going. For some of us, the most courageous thing that we need to do is get up every day and keep functioning that we're struggling so much we might feel so overwhelmed that it's tempting to just pack it all in. The courageous action that we need is just to keep going, to see through another day. For some of us, the courageous action that we need to do is to invest in ourselves and in our families and those who are close to us. Following on from what we talked about last week, and if you weren't with us last week, uh, you can head to the previous messages tab up the top there, and uh, that'll take you to our previous messages, and you can have a listen to last week's message if that's helpful. Well, we spent some time talking about the habits that we need to choose to embrace during this time so that we can get through this and possibly get through it and come out the other side stronger. It takes courageous action to say, I am going to make the choices that I know are the best, healthiest choices for me and for our family or for those that are close to me. Again, it's tempting to just pack it all in and to say, I'm just going to shut the whole world out, turn the TV on, and allow time to pass by. It takes courageous action for us to connect with people, to make the choice to make a phone call, to make the choice to make a video call, to make the choice to send a text message, to send an email, to check in with that person that we're thinking of. It takes courageous action to write a note or a card to someone to say, I'm thinking of you, to put that in an envelope and to send that to them or to drop it off in their letterbox. It takes courageous action for us to reach out to the people around us. As we've already talked about, it's not easy. But what are the ways that we can courageously and creatively look to engage with the people who we live with or live near? 
How can we serve and care for them during this time, especially the people who are isolated and who are alone and who are really struggling? So what does that look like for you? I want to encourage you to take a few minutes to be able to again turn to the people that you're with and talk about what does courageous action look like for you this week. And if you are watching this on your own, please put some thoughts into the chat so that we can engage with each other and we can share some of the things that we're processing through all of this. To finish up our time today, we're going to share in communion together as a way of being able to wrap up the things that we've been focused on. Communion for us as people who are part of the Churches of Christ tradition is something that's really, really important to us. It's something that we normally do on a weekly basis, uh, but we recognise that it is fairly complex for us to do this at home. Uh, But we want to do it on a regular basis, and so we're going to think about how we can do that in the weeks ahead at different times. We also recognise that there are some of you who are watching who are from different traditions and so we're glad that you can be a part of this family tradition with us. And one of the things that we want to say is that as Churches of Christ people, we believe that this is Jesus' table that we're invited to. That it's not up to us to decide who's in and who's out, but everyone is welcome and so you're very welcome to participate in this with us. We also want to say that uh, the communion bread and juice for us is something that's symbolic. And so whether you are using bread, whether you are using crackers, whether you are using juice that's red or another colour, it's totally fine because it's the symbolism that's really important in that. But we know some of you may feel a little uncomfortable about doing that and that's okay as well. If you want to just use this as a time to be able to reflect and to spend some time praying, that's totally fine. So communion is an amazing reminder of one of the most courageous acts that stems from hope. As we will talk about over Easter weekend, we recognise that in these elements there is so much that's expressed about what hope looks like but also what courageous action looks like. The bread reminds us of Jesus' body, that Jesus courageously enters into our human existence to be able to show us what God is like and what's most important to God. That Jesus gives himself fully to the mission that God has for him in the work that he does through his life and his teaching as well as his death and resurrection. The juice reminds us that Jesus ultimately paid the biggest sacrifice possible for us. That his blood was poured out for us as a final sacrifice so that it's no more about us trying to make ourselves right with God. It's about us living out of the freedom that comes from what Jesus has done. And in drinking the juice, symbolically drinking Jesus' blood, we're taking in Jesus' life force. We're saying, Jesus, we want more of you to fuel us and to help us to be able to live the way that you want us to be able to live. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take an opportunity to be able to eat the bread and to drink the juice together. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that in you we have hope that is embodied in courageous action. We thank you that you were willing to go on the journey that you went through, through your whole life, but especially through this week and all of the events that unfolded, that you had a sense of hope that went beyond what was going on for you and the darkness that no doubt you felt was engulfing you. We thank you for the courageous action that you took step after step after step in order to achieve what God wanted to do through you. 
And we thank you that you call us to be people of hope as well, that in the midst of the darkness that we're experiencing, you want us to hold on to hope and not just wishful thinking, but a concrete sense of belief and trust that there is another side to this and that you will get us through this. And so we pray that you would motivate us and you would inspire us about the courageous action that we need in the days and weeks ahead. We thank you for the opportunity that we've got to reflect on your life, your death and your resurrection through this bread that represents your body, through this juice that represents your blood. Thank you that you are with us as we take this together. In your name we pray. Amen. Now again, there are lots of different ways that we can take communion together and uh, we obviously don't want to encourage people to be sharing a cup as we go through this. So hopefully if you are together, uh, you've got multiple glasses like we have. But another option is just to put some juice into a bowl. Uh, There's many traditions around uh, the world that that's what their habit is, is that they take the bread or the cracker and they dip it into the juice. And so that might be something that you want to do instead of uh, trying to do this. So we're going to break our bread and to encourage you to do the same if you've got some bread there and to remember that Jesus' body was given for us and then we're going to eat the bread and then we're going to drink the juice. But again, if you're dipping, you can do that as you want to. In our Church of Christ tradition, we generally try to drink the juice together as a sign of our unity. We want to be able to say that just having this act together of being able to take communion together is that symbol of the unity that we so crave and that we so focus on, that Jesus ultimately is the one who makes us family and holds us together. So as you're able, take your bread, take your juice and take some time to be able to reflect.